U.S. total consumer debt has now reached $17.5 trillion and credit card delinquencies are becoming a problem. Tiff Macklem says the central bank is not to blame for Canada's housing crisis. The Bank of Montreal shows that maybe the big bank's loan problems aren't as bad as we once thought. Suncor is hit with a multi-million dollar environmental fine and shares of Snap are down around 35% this morning. We're going to look at why that's happening. Today is Wednesday, February the 7th, 2024. Let's get started with today's news. In a recent report by the New York Federal Reserve, credit card delinquencies in the U.S. spiked by more than 50% in 2023, and that reflects a growing financial strain amongst consumers. The total debt now comes in at $17.5 trillion, and debt which is considered to be in serious delinquency, which means 90 days or more past the due date, is increasing across different categories, particularly in credit card. Credit card debt is now $1.13 trillion, and the portion that's slipping into this serious delinquency category grew by 6.4% in the fourth quarter last year, and that marks a, a sharp uptick from just over 4% at the close of 2022. The New York Fed's quarterly assessment revealed an alarming 8.5% increase in, at an annualized pace. Now, delinquencies weren't exclusive to credit cards. Mortgages, auto loans, and other categories also experienced rises. But despite this surge in delinquencies, the report showed that total debt was rising at a pace similar to what we saw pre-pandemic. And uh, household debt was up 1.2% in the quarter. Credit card debt was up 14.5% compared to the same period in 2022. No surprise here, but the spike in delinquencies coincides with this period of uh, monetary tightening that we've received by the Federal Reserve Board, which hiked its short-term interest rates by 5.25% uh, from March of 2022 uh, up to July of 2023. Uh, this was the most substantial increase in about 23 years, and obviously that has impacted quite uh, significantly here the adjusted rate consumer debt products, uh, including credit cards. With these higher interest rates, the typical rate on credit card went from around 14.5% up to 21.5% since this tightening phase began. Although delinquencies are rising from their relatively low levels, it's not a huge leap to conclude that the slower economy paired with uh, an increase in unemployment could make the situation worse. Mortgage debt in the U.S., meanwhile, that increased by 2.8% in 2023, and that came with a rise in the delinquency rate to 0.82%. That's up a quarter percentage point from the previous year. Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem, he made it clear in a speech yesterday that monetary policy has its limits, and he pointed directly at Canada's uh, housing affordability crisis. In a speech that he delivered in Montreal to the uh, Montreal Council on Foreign Relationships, he emphasized that the bank's most recent interest rates hikes have only exacerbated the mortgage payments for homeowners without effectively tackling the root causes of soaring housing costs. He highlighted that while shelter inflation has become the primary driver of the uh, CPI growth, it stems more from a deep-seated imbalance in the housing market itself and not necessarily from the fluctuation in interest rates. He said, housing affordability is a significant problem in Canada, but not one that can be fixed by raising or lowering interest rates. Housing supply has fallen short of housing demand for many years. There are many reasons why. Zoning restrictions, delays and uncertainties in the approval processes, and shortages of skilled workers. None of these are things that monetary policy can address. The recognition of the limits of monetary policy, this comes at a time when governments at various levels are trying to intensify their efforts to address the housing market imbalances that we're seeing. 
These include measures such as capping international student numbers who are coming into the country and reducing taxes on purpose-built rental building construction. We've seen quite a bit of that in the past few months. Macklem's remarks here make you wonder um, about the Bank of Canada's future monetary policy decisions, especially concerning interest rates and their impact on these shelter costs. Um, analysts now, they're expressing differing opinions on the matter. Some are interpreting Macklem's comments as a signal for a more lenient approach uh, to shelter price inflation. Others, though, they're perceiving this uh, as necessitating a more cautious stance. The challenge of a shelter inflation raises a dilemma for the Bank of Canada, just another one that they've been facing. On one hand, the higher interest rates are contributing to the increased housing co costs by elevating uh, mortgage payments. On the other hand, though, lowering interest rates could actually fuel demand in the real estate market, uh, potentially making it worse and increasing the inflationary pressures there. There are already signs uh, of, of this in the housing market in Toronto, which has experienced a surge in sales uh, following even the speculation of potential rate cuts. Despite these challenges, Macklem remains firm in his stance that housing affordability lies beyond the scope of monetary policy. And he stresses that the importance of broader structural reforms are necessary to address the housing crisis. And in this, he includes measures to stimulate rental building construction and improving population growth projections. I reported a story on this channel on Monday about a large number of construction projects across the country that are being forced into receivership. And in some of these cases, these mega projects were just simply canceled before they were completed. Well, the big banks loans to real estate developers, it looks like they're going to be less risky than we initially thought. In an example I'm gonna cover off here, the Bank of Montreal found itself caught up in a complex dispute over this 55-story condominium uh, pro project in downtown Vancouver. And initially this caused concerns about potential losses in commercial real estate loans across the country. But when you look at this a bit closer, it looks like BMO is actively pursuing measures to make sure that they will get actually full repayment on its loans. And this does reflect a broader trend across the entire banking sector. Analysts are saying that the losses on these real estate lending projects will likely be manageable. And this is in contrast to earlier forecasts, which had a more dire overtones, I guess you would say. Um, in the case of BMO's uh, involvement in the Vancouver project, even though the property's value has decreased and there are still ongoing disputes amongst the creditors, court documents show that BMO's loan is positioned at this point to be uh, repaid in full. The bank has received uh, a court approval to initiate a sales process in concert with receiver Deloitte, which could potentially alleviate these concerns about its problem with the loan portfolio. The latest news is obviously a positive surprise to investors and regulators who had previously expressed quite severe apprehensions about mounting problems in this commercial real estate space. The process of resolving these bad loans may be an arduous one. Uh, banks appear though to be effectively managing these challenges and this will result in a more optimistic outlook for the banking sector and more generally for the broader economy. If you're not already on the Blossom social app, I will put a link on this page here. Membership at Blossom is now bumping up against the 100,000 level and the quality of discussion and feedback is just becoming more and more robust literally every day that you're on there. If you are a DIY investor, you're looking for a sounding board as you try and make your buy and sell decisions, or maybe you're just trying to figure out what your game plan should be, check Blossom out. While you're there, you can check my profile. My username is Mark B. You can take a peek at the stocks that I own, some of the trades that I make, and also the reasoning behind why I do what I do. Um, also, a lot of DIY investors start their investment journey out without having a real clue as to where to even start. 
You know you should be investing, but you're not really sure how to even take that first step. If this does sound like you, I'm gonna invite you to have a look at our Investing Academy. This is our online self-paced courses, which are designed to take you from being a raw beginner up to a fully confident investor. We have had more, now more than 2,000 fellow Canadians who have gone through the course. The feedback has been really remarkable. You can visit our website to see what others have been saying. So if you're ready to make a, a, an investment in your own financial security, scan on the QR code on this screen or visit the link in the description of this video. The Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, they've slapped Suncor with a pretty healthy fine of 10.5 million US dollars for air pollution violations. And this now marks the largest enforcement package ever against a single facility in the agency's history. The violations occurred between July 2019 and June 2021. And the fine includes a requirement for Suncor to allocate at least eight million dollars US towards projects that are specifically aimed at reducing air pollution resulting from power outages, which is a major factor behind these violations. Um, also, Suncor faces penalties of $2.5 million with around 1.3 million of that designated for disproportionately affected communities through Colorado's Environment Justice Grant Program. Also as part of the enforcement package, Suncor has to double the number of air pollution monitors around the site compared with its original plan. Now, Jill Hunsaker Ryan, she is the executive director at the CDPHE. She says, today's actions demonstrate our unwavering commitment to environmental protection and the health of our residents. Suncor's operation in uh, Commerce City, it is a significant operation for both the company and for the state, and it processes nearly 98,000 barrels of crude oil every day it sells most of its products within Colorado, about 95% of those. However, it has drawn a lot of criticism from local groups who are concerned about the toxic emissions and the impact on the environment and the residents' health. In a rather scathing response to this record-setting fine, Executive Director of Nonprofit Cultivando, Olga Gonzalez, she said, there is no money to compensate low-income families for the excessive costs of taking their sick children to the doctor because they have continuous nosebleeds, breathing problems, asthma, and cancer. We are in a sacrifice zone. Our children are sacrificed for cheaper gasoline without regard for their health or the health of our environment. In what would you expect to be a predictable response, a Suncor spokesperson has reiterated the company's commitment to meeting regulatory requirements are continuously uh, improving. Suncor also has implemented interim and final fence line monitoring systems to monitor air quality around the facility perimeter. Shares of Snapchat parent Snap were down more than 34% this morning after its fourth quarter results missed uh, Wall Street expectations. The biggest issue right now is the company's struggle to compete with advertising dollars. They're down significantly and they're competing against, you know, the big giants in the uh, industry. You're talking about Meta, you're talking about Alphabet. Um, Snap shares, they almost doubled last year in 2023, but now is on track to lose around $9 billion in market cap following this pullback. When you look at the contrast to its competitors, Meta's advertising was up about 25% during the fourth quarter of 2023. Alphabet's Google ad business grew about 11%. Uh, YouTube ad spend increased about 16% in the same time period. As Susanna Streeter, who is the head of money and markets at Hargraves Lansdowne said, Coming so soon after the stellar meta performance, a nagging worry about the way Snap is being run has turned into a crisis of confidence. Even after this morning's pullback, Snap is trading with a forward price to earnings ratio of 61 times. That compares with a 19 and a half times for uh, meta and for 22.2 .2 at alpha. 
As Streeter concludes, investor patience has been tested and it's clear fewer are optimistic about Snap's ability to bounce back from the ad slump. I'm here with this report every Monday and Wednesday. I will put a link here for our Pulse newsletter, which we publish every weekend. I'll also put a link for our Investing Academy. I invite you to check that out. Thanks so much for watching this video. We'll see you next time.